0: Hey folks. Hello. Welcome back to Wondering
1: with Wellness. Finn and Lydia here as per usual. And uh, today we've got a very special guest, uh, Desi Fitzgerald. Uh, So Desi uh, is a former Hurling GA Hurling player uh, played to Intercounty level at Cork. Um, And Desi had um, a major accident. And uh, and it's sort of, the reason we're here to talk to Desi is because his response to that uh, was, not what you'd expect and he's a, he's got a pretty inspiring story so i guess desi maybe take it from the top you know i, I, I don't know where you start but we're like we I,
2: i'd like oh, to can I at, um i would love to know actually before that to go back can we look at when you were a child hmm. and you were growing up was it something that you had always thought for yourself that you were going to be a sports player that you were going
0: to be into sports, was that how you'd imagined your life? Yeah I think so yeah I think f- I started playing um when I was eight we started off with these under town leagues here in Charleville and uh yeah just absolutely from that moment of running out to the pitch just absolutely loved it really? just the camaraderie out of it all and the friends you made and I would have been that big quieter in school so when they came out here and I got an, an opportunity to uh play sport it was just like just a way to Express myself yeah. in a way, um, and from that moment on, from Ace up until, up until I had the accidents it's been such a huge portion of my life, just heavily involved in uh, in, in hurling in particular. I played rugby and football as well, but it was mainly hurling. Yeah, so that's,
1: I mean, that's the GA life, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. like because we're we're one of the very few countries I think that has a sport that is played to that high a level, but yeah. at an amateur level, it, that your your work your life and then your sport life it just it's so all-encompassing isn't it yeah. like, and, and towns get behind that as well I mean, you know, um, it, it's such it's such a big part of the community kind of aspect and i mean we can see there's a big match about to take place today right yeah um, sure. and i mean there's already people out on the street there's you, you can tell something's about to happen
0: yeah today. yeah there's it's a positive vibe around the place like sort of is. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and when did it get like serious for you sport wise do you remember kind of when you're like or was it always just a was it progression thing, um, or was it, kind of like, it was a
0: progression thing i think Probably when I was, it was the age aged 15, um, I started uh, playing with yeah, Cork under 16s from that moment on I was like oh my god this is actually getting full on now oh. and you know you get a lot of pats in the back and you're alone wherever you go yeah. around the town or even you know outside of the town here and so from that moment on I was like yeah do you know what this is something I'm really really enjoying yeah. Um, and yeah getting a chance to play with Cork Miners uh, as well and I went to St. Coleman's for the last two years in school, which is a school in Formoye, but mainly a hurling school. Okay. So we went there for two years and we won a, a Hearthed Cup and another in there as wow. well. So yeah, just yeah, so absolutely loved every minute of it, every minute of it, so I did. And in, in a way you mentioned about how your life you know, can revolve around you know, work or school. Predominantly with me growing up, sport would have always come first. I remember my parents cancelling a holiday, but when we, when we were, I was only 12 years of age. We were supposed to go to Donegal for a week, and they were like, "Oh no, we put it off because we had just an all final." So oh, she's really? supposed to, show, yeah, yeah, at the age of 12. Um, so yeah, so obviously for my parents, sport was a big thing as well. And I was going to ask,
1: so did it, was your your mum and dad?
0: Did they play, or they just? My dad did. Yeah, my 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 mum my mum really got involved in it after after she saw how much we enjoyed it. Uh, but my dad was always mad into uh, hurling in particular. Yeah.
2: And you've got brothers and sisters. You had.
0: Yeah, how, many, how Three many, many of you were there growing up? Three brothers. Three brothers, yeah, all, all boys, boys. Oh, okay. Four so boys. No, wow. So your so mom, so your mom just had to get into yeah, it. Yeah, Exactly. She had no choice. There was no dolls, no nothing like that. So uh, she was either going to play along with the sporting, or she was, uh, yeah. Yeah, just could just have just been be lonely. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so did and
2: all your brothers were
0: they into sport too? All of them, yeah, yeah, massively so. So Connor and my brothers involved now today okay. Eddie, uh, in the in the county finals. I oh, so really yes. awesome. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Did you always play the same position? Did you move around the pitch? Yeah,
0: pitch? mainly, yeah. mainly centre back or full yeah. back. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's so defensive way. mindset. Defensive mindset. Okay, good well yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: and do that? Do you think is that is that something? I'm always interested. Is that feeling from your personality? Do you think in terms of? Because I always yeah. play defence as well.
0: That's interesting. Actually, never thought about it like that. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, it's something um, about like a protective role. Yeah, it's, it's a certain, different thing. And I'm the oldest as well within within our family. You know, I think as the oldest, you kind of take on this role uh, of you know being the protector in some regard to your brothers and family. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, maybe the same. The, the pitch, I had the same attitude as well. It was like, got to hold this together now, in the, uh, you know, in the back. So yeah. So, so yeah. did you captain teams? Did you? I did captain charitable here. Um, yeah. So I did a, a couple of years. And yeah. how did you find that? Exactly.
1: what you, like, does the captaincy thing come naturally to you? Or are you like?
0: Kind of grew into that. I could never have seen myself when I was younger. I Like, oh, I would never been a person to speak up in the dressing room, you know. But I yeah. let, let it up to the older lads or that lads more ma- more mature than me. But uh, yeah, as time progressed, in I felt that I was the one was becoming the other one in the team, and I was like, okay, got to step up here, and then yeah, it did happen pretty naturally uh, when it occurred. So it was something I enjoyed. Then. Okay. okay uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Great. Um, so one of the things that I've seen uh, referred to online is when you played against Desi Fitzgerald. Knew you were going to be playing the Gareth. He was a hard man of, of her. Is that like is that a reputation that you were
0: aware of when you were playing? Um. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Okay. Uh, yeah. I would have been a little bit. I just I probably I would have been. I always would have been quite determined uh, on the pitch. You know, would have taken it very seriously yeah. uh, when it was there because I always had this. Uh, just do my best attitude in this kind of, you know, win if we possibly can at all. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that would have made me quite driven in and on the pitch. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, which can come out in aggression. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah, <16th laughs> maybe two or so. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is why it was, what happened to me So three years. Wow. So, maybe okay, right.
1: Right. so what, yeah. what then, what, what What? happened? What was
0: it? Yeah, so we, um, we played in a county semi-final back in 2011. Uh, and my younger brother, Mike, had passed away two months prior to that. And uh, the lead-up to the game like, was pretty full-on, so it was. And, you know, I just had it all built up about we had to win this game, and there was yeah. a lot of intensity around it. Um, awesome. So we, we played, uh, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was midday we played, but anyway, about 25 minutes into the game, I saw one of the opposing forwards who were just going to strike for goal. Mm-hmm. And I just got it into my head, I was like, oh my god, we cannot let them score now before half-time. So I sprinted back as fast as I could and dived in for a tackle and um, the two knees I got to the chest here caused my head to spring back and forward and um, yeah, just after the impact I was in a daze for a second and I was like, I thought I had a head injury Okay. and I, just, I was just lying flat. I came around after a second or two and um, I was there like, what's going on? And then after about a minute, I was like, oh my God, I can't move anything from below my shoulders down, um, which terrifying. is, yeah, just freaked out in the spot.
2: What hap- What was happening in your head? Were you thinking like, sh- immediately, like, I can't move? Or were you thinking, what happens if I never move again? Or, mm. Did you stay in that immediately? For, immediate, or for me,
0: you... it, was just, it was just like, initially it was like, this can't be happening. And then people were, were running over and there was, um, there was, luckily there were two nurses on the sideline that were there because they were actually going to lift me off the pitch to decide if they had done that. There was no way I would have possibly moved again, I, I'd imagine. Um, wow. But yeah, when I was lying there at the beginning, I was like, this can't be happening. And The image of Mike passing away two months ago came into my head, It was like, how can all this be happening? And then I was like, no, do you know what, I was trying to calm myself down, and people around me were trying to calm me down. They were coming over talking to me, and my mum and dad were at the game, Uh, so they were there just trying to keep me somewhat composed. So I tried to block it out as best I could, but then an ambulance came, and I was brought into the ambulance, and uh, that's when I just felt like having a full-blown panic attack, because I knew, serious it was i was like this could be you known this is going to be life-changing at some to some yeah degree. at some level that was i didn't know yeah to what degree is of yet so wow. yeah had you really had a panic
1: attack before
0: then no no never had a panic attack okay and i was in the ambulance and I just held it back it was only to i got to the hospital like, it's a, an
2: overwhelming feeling having a panic attack
0: yeah it's completely it? overwhelming it me in the corridor when I, we arrived yeah. in the hospital then um i just wanted to roar and scream my heart was pounding it was wow. just yeah and it must have been
2: even exacerbated because i know when i've had panic attacks hmm. it feels like i can't breathe and my heart isn't regulating itself and i'm yeah. constantly just trying to feel my body and feel that it's okay mm-hmm. and for you not being able to have that sense of feeling there must have really been even more it wasn't like you could go no it's fine yeah 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 exactly.
0: you were like no it's not fine i was just like this is not fine just staring over it. F- i remember the fluorescent light i'll never forget it just looking up wow. lying in the bed and just you know, or lying in the uh, yeah on the bed and just yeah and just just freaking out and just wanting to roar and scream but mm-hmm. not even ever be doing that no, nothing uh, to I do mean, it. like
1: we we podcasted <sighs> with a, a lady uh, Fiona Cribben a few weeks back, who is a, a cancer survivor, like t- trooping through it, but she had a panic attack that she thought was her dying, you know, and, and mm-hmm. literally went through four days of this thing, and, and it it was that visceral that she was like, oh, well, this is what it feels like. Mm. She like said goodbye
2: piece? to her whole family, said mm-hmm. goodbye to her children, was I'm dying. what it like, like,
1: yeah, um, and having not had. A panic attack myself. I mean, it gives me a sense of how totally overwhelming that is. Mm. How not, you know, you're, you can understand what comes, what's going to come next. Yeah. There's no like sense of what's after what's this. After, yeah, I remember exactly. um,
2: Brezzi, you know, Niall Brezzy, yeah, yeah, yeah. him talking about a panic attack. How he used to have these chronic panic mm. attacks, and he used to, he started running. So as soon as he would feel the panic attack come on, it would always be he'd wake in the night. Panic yeah, attack would come on, he would start yeah. running, and that one day the panic attack was so strong, he started running, and I think it was twelve o'clock at night or something. Eight o'clock in the morning, he was still running, wow. just was Crazy. just running because wow. he just, have to keep running until this is finished, and that's how full on yeah. it can be.
0: And that's how much he didn't want for it to take control yeah. of yeah. him. He just wanted it to pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: The, the instinct to run. is, yeah. is, is it's better than yeah than staying The consequences,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: And so then when what did they say to you what was the time that you got a kind of a prognosis as it were
0: yeah so i was in so i was in cork initially then it was transferred to the matter hospital in dublin Mm -hmm. and um i can vaguely remember just lying in the bed and um remember the doctor coming in I think it was the following morning or it was early in that morning but he he says that the injury was an incomplete injury which meant that there was it was there was a chance, so my, I, I damaged my spinal cord at C4, so I fractured a bone at C4 and also damaged my spinal cord there. And wow. you either have a com- complete injury or an incomplete injury, and yeah. a complete injury means that, you know, that's that's most likely it. You yeah. know, you, uh, you won't move from wherever you've had the injury down again. Wow. But my injury luckily for me was incomplete, it was uh, diagnosed as uh, central spinal cord syndrome. Mm-hmm. So the, the blockage was in the center mm-hmm. of it, but around either side of it then, there was a gap, so some signals might make their way around. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so, what
1: what did you feel when you heard that prognosis? Was that prognosis to you at that stage? Okay, well, this is something I can deal with, or mm-hmm. was it kind of like, this is end of? You it know, was, was, it, was it was it did it close doors or open them, or what? What did it? Do? No, yeah. it
0: definitely opened them. I mean, it could have been okay. been told in that moment it was a complete injury. That was it. Okay. That would have been just you know I don't know how I would have handled that. But hearing that it was an incomplete injury and there there was a chance, and maybe there wasn't a chance, but hearing that there was a chance, yeah, just gave me that glimmer of hope in that moment, and I just mm-hmm. latched onto that with everything I had in that moment. I was like, yeah, okay, it's going to be a chance here.
1: So what what did what did Desi do next? <laughs> yeah, did <after laughs> I do next,
0: uh, it was it's just so strange. For a while, t- I spent the first had just obviously not been able to move um, and in hospital for how long sorry so i was there i was in the matter hospital for five weeks wow. and then transferred over to uh, okay. uh yeah, the, the rehab. national rehab yeah. hospital yeah. over there mm-hmm. and it was surreal i was getting these uh small little bits of movement back in my in my feet and my mm-hmm. legs and like very a very randomly very arbitrarily or just like starting off with my left leg minute? i remember mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. my, my foot and then it kind of progressed up mm-hmm. along that leg and a real, real gradual basis, you Now it could be, you know, it's a weekly thing, it could be something different that I'd be able to do. Um, and yeah, it progressed from my left leg, then it went over to my right leg, started getting twitches and that, and it moved up, and gradually, as the months progressed in, it kind of moved upwards to my uh, upper limbs uh, as well, wow. my tongue was the last thing to your thumb. my thumb was the last thing to move weird? which was strange yeah Do they, was there
1: an expected progression yeah it was because
0: the, the the injury the doctors were saying like, because the injury to my neck was and my spinal cord was in the center of it that's where it feeds your upper limbs your hands in particular oh. so that's why the, if you're going to get movement arm back arm that was why uh, that would be the movement to come back last yeah.
2: and what did you engage engaged at that point i was and how yeah how was mm. that for her
0: How did she handle it? So we were engaged the Christmas before um, and so I had the accident. Yeah so straight away she just rallied behind me straight away and I remember after Mm -hmm. happening, me being debated just like what if this what if I don't come around out of this like how can I stay with this woman and have her to have to look after me. So you were feeling like a burden? Oh I feel like a burden straight away and uh, when I thought of the wedding I was like initially I was like we cannot do this there's no way I can Go ahead with this, um, Sarah, she's just absolutely a Trojan of a woman, which is so adamant, she's like, no, we'll be fine, we'll get through all this. Wow. Um, what age were you about, saying, is that says? 29. Okay. So, yeah, so Sarah, folk. yeah. That's a big, that's so it was change. my 29th birthday the day after the accident, and Sarah was 30. Uh, two weeks after that, wow. so I was in the matter hospital and she was having her tortugate and we were you know, just had planned our wedding in terms of the venue and okay. everything else, Sarah had done most of that, if <laughs> I'm very honest um, yeah. so yeah, like just completely through us, but she was just an absolute rock afterwards wow. um, And was it,
1: did you learn new things about her and your relationship from that? What, like what did it, did it teach you things about, like did you, were you opened up to have sides of her or sides of
0: yourself that mm. you weren't expecting? Um, I always knew Sarah was a really, you know, kind-hearted, compassionate, compassionate woman. Didn't know to the degree yeah. at what level she had he it picked, because it's a goody for sure. <laughs> my god. Um, because I, you know, I would like to think that I would have been able to do the, the same thing for Sarah. God forbid if it had happened yeah. to her. But seeing how strong she's been, I was like, oh my god, I don't know if I would have been, you know, as yeah. powerful as you uh, through it all. So. Yeah, so she just stuck, my, stuck by me because there's been so many high points and so many low points throughout this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, she had to go through a phase of washing my teeth and, you know, like dress me and do things we take for granted every yeah. day. So that it was fine when we were in hospital, but we had to go home having to do a lot of those things. It's
2: very, it's a, it's an unusual dynamic. I've, I have, I had a boyfriend once who just got very ill, you know, in, ill in hospital. Um, mm. He had dengue fever when we were in Thailand and. There's a point in dengue fever where there's three days, and they're looking at the virus, and you can either die or not die, and they don't know until it, you just have to watch the blood count, and okay. it goes one way or the other way. And he was completely, you know, in hospital, he wasn't able to do anything, and drips and everything, and, you know, it was for a period of two weeks or something. But it was to say, you know, I had to do everything, completely everything from washing, taking him to the toilet, dressing, yeah. everything. And even just seeing the shift in how it is in a dynamic, just that two weeks yeah. it's a it's a huge thing to yeah. adjust to I think
0: because I think you turn from being a partner to somebody to a carer in a way yeah. that's what Sarah turned to we spoke about this ourselves like yeah. she did have to take on that role of almost being my nurse when we came home yeah. and that is a pretty full-on thing for somebody to have to do I mean what a... and it leaves complete. you really vulnerable right yeah like, as completely. A,
1: and, as a, and as, a, as a man who was a sports yeah. hero, somebody who like who attached to that mm. idea, how on earth did you cope with that, like in your head, that must be, mm. I mean it's tough for anybody, yeah. but somebody yeah. who's like traditionally been a powerful guy, yeah. how, how how did that play with your head, I mean, it must have been, I struggled so with it,
0: really yeah. struggled with it at the beginning, um, couldn't get my head around it, yeah from being a man that was running around the hurling field to, to this, just being completely open and having to rely on everyone do everything for me, I, struggle mentally with that. You know, I was just in a period of denial or just it wasn't denial, it was shock from it all at the beginning. Which is probably the best way for it to be just yeah because it was the, the way of my mind's way of okay, this is it'll <coughs> sink in gradually if I stay in a state of shock. Yeah. Um, which is what happened to me, but then, yeah. yeah. But then it did start to yeah. sink in and it was just like functional phases not wanting to get out of bed in the morning. Um just being completely depressed and wanted to shut myself off from the world Um, because I had so many friends and so much support around the place but I didn't want to be anywhere near them so I didn't. um,
2: Had you you ever had an awareness before that point of mental health struggles, of depression, of anxiety? Was it something you had experienced or anyone close to you had experienced? Did you have like a framework to cope Mm. with that and to be able to recognise or was it just a completely foreign?
0: No, it was very foreign to me so it was. Um, I don't know. Is it? A, it's a, maybe a man thing and, a, and an Irish thing, but I, I completely kind of. Um, I'd never really get into my whole f- my feelings in the past. I'd never gone in there. I was like, if I had a feeling of sadness or anxiety, for example, I'd be like, okay, what do I need to do to change this? No, do I need to go for a run? Do I need to go and play sport? Do I need to do whatever something outside of myself so I wouldn't have to feel this way? So that was, I, had a co- I had a kind of a strategy beforehand, which which worked up until that point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well maybe it did work, maybe it didn't, but, uh, but then after I had no outlet in terms of when all of these feelings were bubbling up inside of me, I I no, wasn't able to go for a run, I wasn't able to do anything I was just completely open and it was just like, so it hit me like a ton of bricks and I didn't know mm-hmm. how to cope with them, or mm-hmm. deal with them or. And Did how anyone,
2: was, gonna... was anyone, because obviously in my work it's a lot about you know feelings and yeah. meditation and breathing yeah. and all that stuff so for me there's this there's this huge wealth of stuff that you can tap into and yeah. all the people around me would be in a similar thing so i feel like in my situation it would have been there would have been all these people coming going yeah. you can do this did you have anyone who was coming to you and saying you could try this breath practice so you could yeah, try yeah. do this meditation
0: yeah. or I, when i was in hospital uh up in Dunleary, there was a um, you know, a counsellor and psychologist would come around. Um, and, but when I was in hospital, it was strange. I was able to kind of compartmentalize everything. It was as if I was just focused on my rehab yeah. and nothing else. So then I didn't have to feel everything that was going on. But was from Eve's, when I came home, that's when all of these feelings started to uh, arise to the surface. And I didn't really have. Yes, people would tell me what? You know, if you give this a try, you know, this will work. If you meditate or if you. And I, and I had read self help books, you know. But I was just not in the right headspace to be for anyone to t- tell me what to do and I went to see uh, a counsellor at one point and I just wasn't ready for any of that I was just totally and utterly lost and down and out and yeah I was, was not what, open. What were, your,
2: what were your kind of, I think fears are, are an unusual one because it's usually based in long-term future hmm. fears are not usually about the immediacy of something it's usually like what if this continues for yeah. one year? What was it that were your big things in your head that you were fearful of at that time?
0: Initially, it was um, so when I was in hospital, it was all around movement and not being able to have kids with Sarah, and maybe not getting married, whatever. All of these things of things that were going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. But when I came home and I was in that state of just being depressed, my fear was remaining depressed for the rest of my life. Lying in bed, not wanting to get up and going, this is going to be me for the rest of my life. And that just amplifying mm-hmm. then as a result with those thoughts coming up and, and then the mm-hmm. whole, you know, what if things could be different? Yeah. You know, why did this have to happen to me?
1: And this is all before your wedding, you still have a wedding planned at this stage, yeah? No, we had. This so, is, sorry.
0: Oh, no, you're actually. all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the wedding happened twice we were in hospital. Okay. okay. Whilst I was in hospital, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we had the wedding planned for the March, I was in hospital in uh, October okay. And we asked the doctors when I was in hospital, we were like, would this be a good thing to do? And they were like, yeah, it would be, yeah <laughs> uh, we were like, oh, alright, <laughs> okay Wow, alright, <laughs> okay <laughs> um, And anyway, we just got caught in a whirlwind uh, And we just said, come on, we'll, we'll go along with it And Sarah was like, no, we definitely want to do this, let's, let's go for it um, So we did, so I left hospital uh, to get married, we went we had planned to go on a cruise for a honeymoon, but we got into Sarah's car and we, cho- we were allowed to get a ferry across. <laughs> she was driving a Toyo- Toyota Yaris at the time, <laughs> so we loaded up with wheelchairs, every sort of medical uh, item you can think of. You can imagine the back of a Toyota Yaris, and we went off over to England. Uh, yeah, looking back, and I don't know. Luckily, we can, we can laugh about it now. Yeah. It was insanity, absolute <laughs> insanity. But <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> <laughs>
1: so the doctors kind of like. Have you packed the whatever yeah. piece of equipment? of wow.
0: yeah. it, it was just wow. crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> but we did it, and it it worked out. Don't know how, but it did. Wow. The wedding was a great day. We're looking back, and I know we were like, "How did we actually do that?" Yeah. Yeah. That's this yeah you know, impressive.
1: Yeah. You make you, you make a, a comment in the video you're watching where you. Um, were you two brothers? Or your your two brothers? Yes. Yeah. Uh, helped you kind of stand up at the, stand top, up the top. of the oil, yeah. I mean that's. I mean, the the feeling and the emotion in the church during a wedding is already kind of heightened. Mm. It must have been like for everybody who was there.
0: Oh yeah, it was, you could it sense the energy around. So yeah, it was crazy stuff.
1: So you came back after all this then, and so this is kind of like the aftermath of the aftermath.
0: Hmm. So I went and back to went the hospital after that, so we came home from okay. uh, the honeymoon. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so we I went back to the hospital again, spent another couple of months in there and uh, yeah, came home then. And I had to try and get into normal real life. Yeah, get back into reality again. Because you when you're in hospital, you're surrounded by people that are, you know, that are struggling with similar injuries, more severe injuries than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people are a lot worse off than than I was. And when you're in that bubble, you're like, you know, what? This is this is somewhat normal. Yeah. And you come back out into, uh, you know, town here, trying to meet my friends again, trying to get back into. Socializing, think of work, everything else. Yeah, um, like. wh-
1: what was work before, and what were you planning? to had you thoughts about? What, what did you work at?
0: Yeah, so I worked with a, an American company, Cognex, an amazing, amazing company. I done electrical power systems in college. Finished that degree and started with him. Uh, I was working with him for about a year, a year and a half, uh, and then had the accident. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Wow. And was there any thought that you'd be able to get back to that? Was there? Was there? A yeah, of there one? still yes. is to. A, okay. Okay, to
0: cool. a certain degree. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Great. Yeah. So, um, they like I'm still on their books. So I am. Um, they've just been absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So supportive tr- throughout the whole thing. Wow. Uh, right now i not in a place because if I sit down for too long I will seize up. And a lot of it was hands. Uh, I was on a computer for a lot of it, and my hand function is seriously. Uh, yeah. Been we're not, not touch typing yet. No. Yeah. <laughs> More uh, tongue, more fists, more <laughs> than yeah. this. There's, like
1: there's a new keyboard needed to sound. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so yeah, so all
0: going well in and the future. Yeah.
2: When you came back, I imagine there was, a, what I imagine the situation is, is that there's you're just being faced with comparison constantly, because mm. you're thinking about how it was versus how it is, how it could have been versus yeah. how it is. And then looking at your friends, and you're looking at yourself, and mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things. What did you notice in terms of the environment and how it's set up for people who have different levels of abilities physically? Mm-hmm. Was, it was it hard to was it frustrating? Like was it hard to get in through doors? Was it hard yeah. to you know? Is well, the is there a good setup or?
0: No, there's not. To be frank about it, it's, I mean, fair enough. if You go into the larger areas or s- cities, but even in cities, I mean, if you if you're in a wheelchair. If you want to go for dinner, for example, you know, myself and Sarah, that was our way of escaping at the time we'd go for dinner. Mm. The planning that had to go into it. Wow. Because so many restaurants, if they didn't have a step going in the door, there would be a step to go to the bathroom or, mm. and one place I went to, it was like, it's all sorted, next thing, if wheelchair fit into the the bathroom, but the door wouldn't close behind you. Uh, just stuff like that, you know, so it's, I don't think we're designed or this, you know. Okay. Have you seen, or have you seen like, I have, I've taken. it's something I've taken more notice of now, mm-hmm. since the accident, was even putting them on crutches. And I, yeah, I see places that are newly built, they, you know, they do uh, cater for you know, wheelchairs, for example. But some of the, and the majority of buildings around Ireland are old buildings. Yeah, like they're not with designed the for people, even footpaths. Footpaths, that's what you I You know, it's thinking. an absolute struggle, so it is oh. in so many areas. So. Yeah. And all yeah, of those things
2: are are constantly reminding you. Yeah.
0: You have you a disability. You're different than everybody else here, and you kind of feel worse because, you know, in some occasions, there's one occasion I fell out of the wheelchair, but like, if it just makes you feel more down and out about yourself, you know, if you have the, you know, if footpants are designed in the right way, you don't feel as bad because you're not. The likelihood of something happening, such as falling out of the wheelchair, is is certainly less. Um, So yeah, Mm -hmm. you just would definitely make you feel better about yourself if it was, um, if the place was designed. Better disability yeah. design, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. Are there places you've travelled abroad or anywhere where you've seen them do it better or like, you know, is Ireland relatively, like, where do we stand on the scale? Or?
0: Yeah, we went to um, to Spain, which I definitely found better, but it was just, it was in a resort area, so I, I can't compare what we've been like in a, in a town or village, so, exactly, <laughs> yeah. real life, yeah, 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 it's yeah. actually not holiday mode, okay. so yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't compare. Yesterday
2: um, evening we just finished a podcast that we were doing which is titled something like redefining masculinity and Mm. looking at male archetypes the traditional male archetypes that have been around and then what is it to be a man kind of now in this environment with all Mm. the stuff that's going on and the me too movement that's been happening and all this kind of stuff and it was making me think of you and thinking about I spoke to a friend of mine who'd grown up as a gay man who'd grown up in the middle of Ireland in a small community. And he was talking about it was so hard for him to live in that community because the, he felt like the men in that community all ascribed to a specific ideal of a mm. man and they were all playing sports and they were all physically bigger and they didn't talk about their emotions and they were kind of more dismissive. And there was all these things that he felt like everyone had to conform to. And if you stuck out in any way, it was just being pointed out. Like mm. he was being called all the time, you're a girl and that was the the slag, it was like, you're a girl. And he eventually had to move away from that to find himself. And when he came back recently to that, years years later, he's now living back at home, he said, like, nothing's really changed, but he sees that all those men are kind of trapped within that. Now, he feels free that he's expressed himself and he's happy with himself, but he sees that they're all stuck with this thing where they can't talk about their feelings, they don't have the permission to do that, and everyone's feeding into that. Mm. And I was thinking about, for you having grown up in that and then having been this big sports star and having that as your identity. How was that to have to redefine that thing yeah. in your head of what is it to be a man?
0: Yeah, that was and that was that was a huge, huge struggle for me. Because mm. my definition of a man beforehand, you know, you do you conform to those you're surrounded by and you know, beforehand it would have been like a man doesn't express himself He's not open. He doesn't show any vulnerability. He doesn't get in. Doesn't need to get into meditation or start talking about his mental health because he can do something that will, uh, you know, separate himself from that to a certain degree mm-hmm. and keep himself busy. But for me, um, that's me bottling up all of the emotions that I was holding onto. That's what led to me being feeling so down and out for so long. But then I found this um, this workshop. I went to a workshop after it happened because. I uh, got to a point whereby I was just at wit's end and I knew I couldn't continue on with this anymore. I knew that I had to get some form of release. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I found this workshop, ran by a Canadian couple, a clear mind workshop. And I went to it, it was a three day workshop, it was on a mead. My parents dropped me, uh, dropped me off from what I can get on And Sarah as well, they were like, I hope you're going to be, my first time leaving them uh, for a weekend. But this is something I knew that I had to do. Wow. So I went and I just opened yeah. up for three days. The way the environment they had created just felt so safe. But cried, screamed, roared, did whatever I had to do just to let out all of this stuff that I was just holding on to. And it wasn't just stuff that I was holding on to from the accident and my brother's passing away. It was stuff from prior to that as well. Because as men, we have a tendency to hold on to, you know, these, whatever it is, sadness, anger. Mm-hmm. And it seeps out in some shape or form then afterwards. But that release for me was a complete turning point and that would have changed my definition then of what being a man is today because i think being a man today i think being a man is being open being okay to talk about your feelings be it sadness whatever it is being vulnerable just being honest about where you're at Mm -hmm. and letting that out there and not feeling ashamed because of that but that does take courage and bravery because you know that man there is right because you know it's changing but it's changing very slowly so when you're doing that around people you've been around all your life that you know they haven't got to that place yet, yeah. that is it. That can be challenging for pretty it, it? It yeah. is. And it,
1: it holds a mirror up to their ideas about self as well, which can yeah. make them probably quite defensive around you. Or it,
0: it can do to a certain degree for sure. Yeah, she's yeah. like, she's not go on that road, you know. We, yeah. You're gone way too hippie or whatever yeah, it is yeah, yeah, yeah. for that's, me, that's you
1: know. the term that gets yeah. Right yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, But no, I firmly believe that as men we have have a a responsibility just to start doing that and just start showing up in the world. Because if we don't, this is where all the stuff that happens that shouldn't happen happens. If we're holding on to beliefs about ourselves that we're not enough or that we need to be better than or we need to be perfect, then we're driven towards, you know, drinking more alcohol or whatever it is. Yeah. Where we're, we're going to act out in some shape or form yeah, 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 if we're yeah, yeah. clinging on, on to all of this stuff inside of yeah. us,
1: or we'll have a war with China or Russia or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> My
2: friend Kevin was saying he was saying that, you know, when you're in this constant state of denial or constant self-check, where you're constantly analysing yourself, am I am I being manly enough? Am I being this? Yeah. You're either going to destroy yourself, or you're going to destroy other people around you. Mm-hmm. One of those two things is definitely going to happen, and then, in his opinion, that's what leads to the higher suicide rates in yeah. men and the higher levels of depression, and and you know even that men die slightly earlier than women, and all mm-hmm. of those kinds of things is he in his opinion would it's be largely ascribed yeah. to that.
1: I mean, like, I feel like there's a there, there's so many statistics to play into it, um, like what was it we were saying last night? Something like 95% of all inmates in prisons are male. Like, there's one of the things that came up last night was like the only approved male emotion publicly is anger.
0: Yeah, mm. which is it's it scary. Is. Isn't it's it? really it's scary. scary. I mean, I mean it's, it's okay to be angry because uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it's not that's, not that's,
1: okay that's the most destructive. Yeah. Possible emotion, like it's not the thing that comes out and builds relationships. Exactly. <laughs> because it's there's crazy. always
0: something underneath anger. Yeah, isn't exactly. You know, anger isn't the one. Anger is just pat uh, to somewhere or something else. Exactly. Yeah. You
2: you have kids now. We're kind of jumping yeah. ahead a bit, but hmm. Hmm. are they boys or girls? Two boys. Two boys. Two boys. So See, and I have a boy too. Okay, yeah. And I I was saying it was so funny because I had before I had my son, I a lot of my specialties are around women's work okay womb yoga therapy healthy menstruation practices all this kind of stuff and i was thinking i'll have a girl and then i'll be able to teach them all the okay. stuff that i didn't know and we're going to have this bonding and it's going to be great because i'm really in this great place too yeah. and then i had a boy and it was like oh okay gosh I where's to- his womb <laughs> <laughs> now i have to think about the other side of it and it's been such an interesting process yeah. to see him and he is really physical he's really rough and tumble mm big personality, he likes to push every boundary, you know, and he has strong anger, you know, when he feels it, yeah. he really feels it. And it's such a fascinating thing to see that even in my house, we make a concerted effort to be like, we can talk about our feelings and it's okay to feel that we never say, you're okay, you're okay. Yeah. We just say, you're really sad about that, That's yeah, really yeah. tough or whatever. Yeah. But even with that, he still has that natural instinct of going, I'm grand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you're, you're not, you're yeah. obviously not okay. Yeah. He's like fine, I'm fine, I'm just, yeah. you know, and it's such a pervasive thing, It is, that, that, and then even that it's permissive because he would be more physical, mm. so say in school or in the playground he'd be more likely to kind of push other kids, you know, it's never in frustration, it's usually he's trying to connect with them and he yeah. just doesn't, and that's really what we're talking connection. about isn't it, yeah, it's a man it way of connection, he's just yeah. like, bam i want to play with you, I'll just I push you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is that people respond to that going i was just being a boy mm. and
1: you're
2: like yeah yeah one is like oh phew oh yeah he's just being a boy but mm. then you're like oh hang on i'm playing into this thing now yeah. but it's okay yeah. for men to hit it's mm. okay for men to be angry and the girls they go and cry in the corner or whatever yeah. you show you how early it starts how
1: early? Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. So like so you're, you're building like you're standing as the major male role model to your two boys, one mm. and three years old? Yeah, one in three. And so we know like pretty much a lot of their attitudes to the to women later life, all these sorts of things and how they act in the world will be fixed to a large degree by the time they're five. Are you yeah. how do you like what, what for you is what, what what are you trying to put out there for them or how do you set the groundwork for them? Or is there any I mean, it must be a big challenge?
0: It's it is because I, I think as a parent we you know, we ask them for me, you know, I'm like it's, it's not what we, we say as a parent, it's actually what we, we do. Because we can be yeah. saying all the right things, but we're not doing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. But this has been a learning curve for me, because after everything that's happened, my anger... You know, the five stages of bereavement after everything that's happened. I weave in and out of all of those, and anger shows up for me every so often. Unless I catch myself in the middle of it, it it'll just seep out. It won't be in an aggressive way or anything, but I can just feel my temper just getting mm-hmm. that bit shorter. For me, I just didn't need to go, okay, I need to take a step back and just, you know, do something, go into the car, have a roar and a scream or a cry or whatever, just to let that go and then go back in to the house again. But I think, um, yeah, all I can do as a parent, as a dad, is to do my best in terms of do what I actually want for them to do. So if I want for them to, you know, not be a bully and not, you know, not to be afraid of these feelings that they're going to come up in there within their system so i need to be able to be the person that goes you know what i'm sad today i'm gonna you know have a cry about such and such that happened or i'm angry right now and i just need to remove myself and just go and do whatever go and roar and scream in the car somewhere that it's confined and it's safe yeah but i'm not going to be harmful to anywhere anybody else and then come back in just having been somewhat cleansed in a way i think it's
2: isn't it interesting that our natural certainly for me i found that even with that, your natural instinct is to hide the feet. you know, you kind of have a sense of you don't want to be sad around your kids all the time, you don't want to be angry, but actually it's the modeling of how you deal, it's not that you're angry, it's how you deal with that anger and what you show them how you do with that anger? That like we're all going to be angry. Exactly. Not that so I'm never so it's angry. It's a natural it's imo- there. Human emotion.
0: Exactly. And then
2: show them, okay, but well, when I'm angry, this is what I do. Yeah. or When yeah. I'm yeah. sad, this is what I do, and that's where it starts, doesn't it? Yeah. That's the. That's all we can do. I mean, who knows how that's going to turn out? Exactly. Why <laughs> am I, I really so <laughs> <love laughs> No idea <laughs> what's going to
0: happen. It's but, a big gamble. Yeah. But it's yeah. We're we're constantly going to be learning. This is I mean I struggle with this. I'm like oh my god I shouldn't be like this around my kids. Or, you know, mm-hmm. if I do something, first bit, second, I make the wrong decision and I say something I shouldn't have said, I'm just like, for a while, it's like, oh, I should, I'm the worst parent ever. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're not. We're so human so being. We're yeah. going to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All we can do is do our level best as much as we possibly can and just yeah. then teach them to do the same because if we try and be perfect, yeah, yeah, yeah. then we we're, yeah, we were going to really be hard on ourselves and it's going to be. We're teaching them they have to be perfect then as well. I know. Well, that's it? Isn't None it. of us are perfect. Yeah. We're all. Uh,
1: how do you physically manage them like physically are you like because two boys are going to be a handful
0: yeah physically what's how are you managing oh, them? i mean that's been a, such a challenge like sarah has had to do so much more as a mother yeah. that she should have had if i you know if i didn't have the accident i would have been very hands-on yeah. um it is at the beginning it's extremely hard because with the baby i have to have him I had to have them lifted into my arms. I could feed them a bottle, um, so I could, but I couldn't do any more than that for fear of obviously dropping them, my God. So there had to be someone with me at all times. Um, As time has progressed, physically, I've progressed slowly as well, which has been great. So I can be on my own with them now, um, which is massive. When I lift them up, it's a struggle to lift them up if I have to move them, but I can do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, that's what I'm going to rehab for. but no, I, I manage, nobody. Things like that require hand function, such as uh, changing nappies. Yeah. No event be done quite quickly. It could take me half an hour to change a nappy on oh, yeah. a good day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Even have to lift them up you on the, the table. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, lo and behold, they would definitely pee uh, in yeah. the yeah. middle of the yeah, time. Time. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just uh, things that require a lot of hand function. I struggle with. Um, yeah. But yeah, I manage them oh, to a certain degree, and I can strap him in under the car. now. Right. I can bring MJ the three-year-old after the park because yeah. he's quite good. Like kids are amazing; they adjust to somebody with ask, an accident. Like
1: how, how do they respond to you? that your capabilities? Yeah, like just
0: he just, he just knows. No, yeah. we get out of the car. <coughs> he grabs onto one of my crutches. It just just happens, an automatic oh, yeah. thing, and wow. he doesn't run wow. off. Um, he's quite wow. he's quite a chillo character, but like yeah, kids are just amazing in terms of how they adapt to, mm-hmm. um their environment and such i think yeah we as don't give them enough it. credit for that no, though do we we yeah. don't they, they know, teach they us they like they they've i've they've learned more from my kids than Absolutely. i have from any and adults over the last couple of years and isn't
2: it that they meet you they just meet you at your level without yeah, prejudice exactly. as well which is such a refreshing thing if yeah. you're yeah. trying to redefine something for yourself yeah, like yeah, what yeah. that is yeah. they're not going his dad is on crutches yeah, yeah exactly. they're just like his dad yeah that's yeah, that fact. yeah yeah, but, you yeah, know, yeah my son's really like he go up to everyone In a wheelchair or anyone anyone with any kind of different abilities and he's straight up like so tell me like what's going on with you how come you're in the wheelchair and asking the questions and people react in one of two ways they either don't like it at all Mm. Or they're really open and delighted mm. that he's asking the questions and that he's but that no I'm that I'm open that. enough to let him ask the question yeah, without yeah. trying to fill in the gap for him. Oh they yeah. is, you know, yeah, trying to yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he he doesn't see it any different.
0: It's any just another Yeah. So just you, so another human being that's just, just different. Yeah. We all have a heart. Yeah, exactly.
2: That's it.
1: Yeah, so tell us a little bit about like what you're doing at this day for rehab-wise. I know you mentioned like you're doing what you have not mentioned, but I've heard that you're doing like you've travelled for laser therapy a little bit. You're doing yeah. rehab here. How like what, what's your what's your day like? How much time you put into that, or what mm. things do you what, what's your progression like at this stage?
0: So it's so rehab was it's, it's three days. Okay. Uh, rehab, um, I go to Fit One Hundred, uh, John Bruder, I go to a guy in Cork, um, Karen Corkran. So it's it's, it's physiotherapy, uh, gym afterwards. Mm uh osteopathy and uh I see a cranial sacral therapist as well oh cool that's uh fun. yeah so it's a combination and there's other health things involved with a spinal cord injury as well yeah uh that have been impacted you have to be mindful of you know bladder or bowel and all this kind of yeah how uh, stuff? Affected on that like
1: that yeah world it world. has
0: been, i mean that's been affected so with me i get a warning in terms of when I have to go for a pee, but it's a warning that like my bladder is just contracting. Yeah. So then it's like, oh my god, You've I've got, got like five minutes now to make it to the bathroom. And it's got to be done. So yeah, It's got to yeah, be yeah. done then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in that regard, it's you know it's 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 quite yeah. challenging. Um, yeah. I mean, you get you get used to it. You sure. customize after a while. It's been it's been nearly ten years now, or seven years since the accident now. Seven, yeah, uh, seven accident. years. seven um, years. So yeah, you kind of get used to something like that after a while. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes it can be challenging, kidney infections for for example, but it's just something you need to be mindful of. So with me, I just need to be mindful of all aspects of my health, my diet, my mental and emotional well-being, my physical well-being. So in terms of rehab, I travel three days a week and I go to the gym then, stretching is a big part of it as well, Mm -hmm. and I go to the gym uh, two days a week, uh, two or three days a week. I just have to be mindful of doing as much as I possibly can because if I stay still for too long, I just get all, I seize up and I get all spasmy. and... Okay, yeah. And so,
1: um, where do you, do you seize up? Just straight down your back, or is it everywhere? Or is it everywhere, up? and
0: it's the hands we go first. Okay. And then we kind of want to revert back into being into the fetal position again. Interesting. And my, okay. my fingers are closing. Yeah, just open up and okay. keep my hands open. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, so if I sit down for an hour, for example, I would just stand up and I would stretch, get on the floor, stretch my back, and yeah, yeah, then yeah, go yeah. for a walk. Um, so yeah it's just about being mindful of it all the time because i know if i don't following day i just feel lethargic and really you know worse. a worse yeah, yeah. I would do One yeah day and day. i get cold as well quite quite easy because my circulation isn't as good yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah
1: and so what's the the laser therapy then maybe the lesser now
0: yeah so i went to france um i went numerous on numerous occasions and it was, it was insane. This guy used to put lasers in different parts of my body, pri- primarily the feet, just to fire up the signals from my brain down to my uh, feet again. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really intense. You'd, I'd go for a week or two weeks. The weeks went for two weeks. I just wouldn't yeah. be able to move after coming really? home. Just been so exhausted from it. Just wow. completely so so st- like your central stimulating everything. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so I, I used to get that done. I've got it, God knows how many times I've got it done now. But then yeah. I was due to travel there. Um, it was about a year and a half ago maybe mm-hmm. and the guy that i used to go to had a um, he had a brain aneurysm getting on a flight from paris, paris, yeah, a oh, flight in paris so he um so yeah i made him to go back over there again so since since i used to find it hugely beneficial i know there was people coming from all over the world so it was a oh, couple yeah. there from australia anyway so that's that's no longer there it's, it's no longer on. available yeah. yeah yeah maybe that will come back again uh, yeah. in some shape or form yeah. so for now i just focus on uh, so, the physical rehab I spoke um, yeah. spoke about there.
1: Do they do anything like e stim, like electro stimulation, you know, those things where they use kind of, uh, like, uh, what do they call it? i not kind of cathodes, whatever they call it, but uh, the, the electrodes attached to the muscles. Yeah, yeah I use those every every you night. That? Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, so the neurotech. Do you, do, find, do you find them useful that like in, in terms of
0: muscle tone or muscle tone or, yeah. and spasticity okay. and uh for me it's my hands very focused on mainly so we've yeah. got into this ritual no, we did, in the evening we sit down and watch tv for, for about an hour, or, or we listen to something, whatever. So that's my time, is to strap up, get yeah. the hands, um, so I strap them all the nice way on my arms, arms here, and just, it just <laughs> fires up, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's amazing, absolutely amazing. And I, I find it even the fun of more, and the circulation is improved. Interesting. So it's, yeah, it's, that's a major part of it, yeah. Can we,
2: can we just jump back a little yeah. way? Yeah, back? of course. When you came home then, and you were in the middle of this time where you were dealing mm. with depression and dealing with these emotions and mm. i think maybe you hadn't yet gone to the workshop yeah you also lost another brother
0: yeah mm-hmm. so i was um i was at home from hospital i came like home in august and uh that was just in an absolute whirlwind and then james died in october james was only 16. another keen sports player um mad into hurling again and he died of uh, sudden adult pit syndrome um just Myself and Sarah were in a bar, getting our lunch. It was one o'clock in the day. Um, and yeah, I remember in the bar, just not wanting to be there, because I was so lost, but forcing myself to be there, bec- uh, because Sarah obviously wants to get out in the boat. Um, then I heard that um James collapsed, and before I knew it, we were following an ambulance up to, uh, up to Mallow Hospital, and uh, yeah, we were told up there that he'd, he'd passed away. And was, uh,
1: What a sudden, about that syndrome? what? what? Exactly. So was this with a,
0: his heart, his heart went out of rhythm or sync um, and there's no explanation as to why it happened, you know, we okay. went back and asked doctors afterwards and sometimes no matter what they say no matter what tests you get done, it may not show up. Okay. Um, it's
2: often in young men who are yeah, really sporty. Young sporty isn't and fit like yeah, really it
0: seems to be, yeah.
2: The fitness is it seems to be a key thing, yeah, male yeah. and also fit. Yeah, that's the two that I've heard. Yeah, um, it just seems so. Yeah, it
0: seems pretty unfair. insane. <laughs> yeah,
2: and how—it's just—it's hard to even. I lost my father when I was nine, um, and that was kind of the biggest event that's happened in my life. And mm-hmm. you know, and I can still feel the repercussions of that in in my life. You know, it's how many years later? So many. I can't. It's hard for me to even conceive of. All that stuff happening to you and to your family in such a short space of time.
0: Mm-hmm. How like did like the grief
2: even. We did a podcast on grief recently and we were talking about how grief manifests in the body and yeah. how it's different in different people and how we as a society deal with grieving or don't really deal with grieving and how mm-hmm. we're kind of constantly looking to just get to the end of grieving. Yeah. Like to yeah, <laughs> get yeah, through yeah. the grieving yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's done. Whereas we all know that's not. The way that that works, it's a yeah. it's a process that's ongoing. Yeah. Um. Wh- how did you did you have any help around grief? Did you was um, it really this workshop? What? What? How did that? Yeah, work? I think it, I think it was that workshop
0: that I went to because James died in October, um, and the workshop was on the following. I think it was March maybe. Um. And yeah, so I spent just uh, yeah, I was just severely depressed from um, for, for the majority of that time. Um. And then with that workshop, yeah, that was the first time I actually started to let some of it out mm-hmm. um, and started to open up and yeah, that was that was the turning point for me because I was like, there's another way here, I don't have to hold on to all of this myself, I don't know have to hold on to all this mm-hmm. sadness, people can actually see me here because that was something I feared, I feared someone seeing me in this way someone yeah. seeing me depressed someone seeing me sad someone seeing me angry you know I didn't want people to see me I went to people to see the sports bear that was there beforehand that was obviously gone um, so yeah and so when, when I did when I opened up that workshop and people were kind of compassionate towards me it was like what? it's like it was, a, it was a bit of a shock people are actually okay around um, these these emotions and yeah so that was uh, that was a turning point and and since then it's been, it's been an ongoing journey with grief. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been uh, like anniversaries I find because it's their anniversaries there recently and the accident as well. Yeah. Um, I find it just all comes back. It's
1: pretty much all October, is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah. so James died in October. Yeah. I had my accident in October and Mike had died in August. And so August, Mike sorry, was sorry, too much cry. beforehand, yeah. around yeah. the same time. So for it's us, normal. it kind of continues on as, as a family. I can see it, we all, Changed before just at the beginning of August. E- even if you didn't know my time of year it was, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can just see. You can see my parents, you know, Conor and brother. You can see it just being more intense. Yeah. Around. The, have,
1: have, the work that you've done emotionally on yourself has that filtered out into the rest of your family, your parents, and
0: it has to. Yeah, it has to a certain degree. Yeah. So, so it has. I think um, my parents are that bit more. Um, parents are very what? Irish, very old yeah, folks. <laughs> Very old-fashioned. Uh, not not old-fashioned, uh, but they kind of—they're um, used to not the speaking about how they are mm. feeling and what's going on for them. And then uh, they definitely change to a certain degree. I so mean, they, have they
1: they must see how much you cope with and the mindset yeah. you've achieved. Yeah, that's always. For, I mean, that's an inspiration for people who are standing yeah. at a distance from so people who are close to you. Yeah. I mean, they must be scratching their head to
0: some degree. Is, is it do you, actually? Yeah, that's question. Do they have faith, and do you have faith, or like? They do. They do. Yeah. So my, my uh, so my my dad in particular, my dad would be very religious. Um. So he would say he goes to church every weekend, and yeah. So my mum then, My mum would, would be religious as well, and she would say her say her prayers. Uh, she say her prayers a lot. She she talked to the lads in her prayers. Um, okay. And off I know, it, I'm sure that would be the exact same. Yeah. Um. For me, I wouldn't. I've kind of the religious side of things just kind of frustrates me a little bit but i'll be extremely extremely spiritual yeah, yeah Um. i would just feel after everything that's happened i'd feel so much closer to to god um yeah um definitely and i would find i'd find that in some way i'm just being helped and supported by some high, yeah. you know it's god or higher power the universe, yeah, I mean, whatever I mean, it is for sure. but for me i would find that i'm somewhat supported and i would find that i'm closer to my brothers that have passed on um I think I just feel to some degree that kind of you're looking after yeah. all of us as well. Isn't that a really interesting
1: thing that happens? So it's the same my, when my dad died. It uh, was just over ten years ago. Um, we weren't that close when he was alive. Since he's passed away, I've been able to am much closer to him now. Like in terms of just being able to see what he was doing for for the real effort of it, and seeing the the things that he enjoyed, and being able to tap into them where I was very resistant to them when he was alive, but able to kind of explore them and understand a bit more yeah. about why he liked those things and what he got from them and what it does with his personality and actually how that's also in here, it's in me as well. Yeah. And just kind of understanding the family connections, like well, we weren't that different, we actually kind of okay. shared a lot. It's supposed to be the same to a degree with your, with your brothers as well. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. yeah. we all have different strategies, all we want to do is, you know, because my family were extremely, extremely close, you know, sport, is, even my parents not going on their holidays. and yeah. then when I was at the age of 12, you know, they were like, oh no, we'll postpone it, we'll go at a different time, discuss the show loving and caring mm. they actually are um, but yeah you're right everyone has different ways of of being um, in the mm. world and there's always reasons as to why for example there's, there's reasons as to, as to why my parents maybe don't want to be open and mm. express themselves in a way yeah. there's a little bit of fear there for them because they're like well if i do open up here where's it going to go yeah. they've had so much to leave it. you know losing two sons it's like Totally understandable that there's a huge fear factor there, and it's like, yeah, we'll deal with this in our own time, in our own, way. and it's everyone to their own. Everyone has to deal with and things their in their pace. own way, their own pace, exactly.
2: And do you, do you? I don't know this, but do you give talks? Do you do you go and talk to people about what you've learned or how yeah. it is?
0: Yeah, I've I've um, I've done a, a few talks. Um, I've gone around to a few schools, Uh, yeah, I've been into a couple of of organisations just to explain my story and and what has happened, but I think it's what I've learnt as a result of uh, everything that's happened, you know, just about, it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to to express yourself, it's okay to be sad, it's okay to be, because we're surrounded by you know organizations and you know we're, sports teams we're surrounded by you need to be a certain way you know we need to make money we need to we need to win we need to be perfect we need to do this that better the there needs to be a space there for us as as human beings just to be able to take a step back from it all and go you know what this is how i'm actually really feeling right now this is what's going on for me in my internal world and just to have someone to talk to when you're i think it, that's hugely important having someone in our lives that we can trust, that we can just go to and just open up and express ourselves.
2: It must be such a powerful thing because I've listened, like I said, it's not a world that I've ever been part of. Mm. of, I've never lived in one place for a long time where there's a big long community, everyone knows you or I've never been part of a sports team type situation where everyone takes care of you. But when I think about how it was for you growing up and how it is in these teams and then when we think about okay we want to look at maybe deconstructing these male archetypes mm. or changing them, it'd be a hugely powerful thing for them to have a different kind of role model mm. to have a man who's really powerful, who's mm. really solid in himself who's able to come and say, "This is another way yeah you can be a man and you can be this yeah and and I think that's hugely needed
1: it's interesting I mean we treat like muscle in terms of brawn the mm. exterior appearance of that as reflective of the mindset yeah. but the two aren't they don't no, they don't necessarily coexist and quite often they're actually divested from each other kind of necessarily because usually one is actually protecting a vulnerability of, from yeah. the other in, in a large way isn't it exactly um, it's a really interesting time at the moment where this is all kind of taking place and it's beginning to i mean are, have you seen a shift in terms of young men in Charleville in the GA here in mm. terms of their openness to deal with emotions, in terms of how They treat leadership or they treat those ideas. Is, is that do you see a difference from when you were kind of growing up in that?
0: I do. I, I think for over the last while I kind of haven't been involved in the, the underage uh, structure enough, but I can from when from the younger lads that I do speak to I think It's much more challenging for them now because social media, mm. you know, I didn't grow up in that era of social media for them I think it's just oh, they're surrounded by measurements like 24/7. Yeah. It's yeah. like constant, and how for them that is a complete such a challenge. Um, so it is. But when I speak to you know a lot of younger lads, particularly the younger lads, um, you know playing sport, I do find that they're quite open in themselves as well. Even more so because I would have reflected in my life. When geez, would I be that open? Yeah. Uh, some of them, I I don't know what. Um, I can't speak on a large scale here. I feel you know, a I lot mean, of Dumbralies I spoke and they seem to be quite open right. in themselves, which is brilliant to see because that's that's what we need you now. This is what these are the men that are gonna, you know, be the future of Ireland.
1: Yeah. I mean there's a there's a there's a definite granulation happening in society in terms of like sexuality for instance. Like so there's some really interesting study, don't know it was last year in the UK where was it I think sixty percent of kids of fourteen years old something like this, I hope I'm not butchering the statistic, but about 60% of kids who are 14 years old didn't identify as either heterosexual or homosexual.
2: 60%? 60%, 60%. Like,
1: a, like an overwhelming number, like more than half of them. They weren't, they were They were considering themselves as somewhat sexually food or they weren't considering themselves as sexual at all or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really interesting because I think if we were asked that when we were kids certainly my age, it would have been... That yeah, here. Exactly. I'm not saying anything else even if it exists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a, brilliant to see this way.
2: just, it's just that openness as well, isn't it? To just whatever way it is that there's an openness to possibility. Yeah. Even that they're saying, I dunno, maybe I could be something yeah. other than this. Yeah. Maybe I'm not gonna be the way that it's just been given to me like I'm a boy and exactly. that means I would marry a girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I see it with my son, I was saying yeah. this last night people always go, he's a real real man's man, isn't he? Mm. You don't have to worry about him.
1: <laughs> 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 what does that
0: even mean? What does that yeah, mean? And
2: exactly. I've, a few times I've gone, I don't have to worry about him,
0: what? <laughs> what is yes. the end of that <laughs> sentence? <laughs> you know, and
2: then people are like, oh no, you know, I do not yeah, yeah, about yeah. anything. But yeah. they but do, do mean something, yeah, I mean, you yeah, said yeah. that. And they also always go, you know, when you get married, you'll have a wife and you'll have kids. Mm. And I'm always like, Oh. Yeah. And I don't. You don't want to be too ridiculous about it. You're not trying to like go like, oh, no one can say any of those things because mm. statistically, probably he will grow up and have a wife and have yeah. kids or have a yeah. wife. I don't know. But at but the same time, it's, it. it's that you just don't want it being put on them constantly that those yeah. are the options. Those are the only options. That's the path that's laid out for them. Yeah. That they can have a. I could do whatever.
0: Whatever. I can do exactly. whoever I am. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The, yeah. They probably won't be doing what we expect anyway, yeah, I mean but, the world is going yeah. so fast in 20-30 years time, who knows,
0: yeah. like who knows, I mean even But they go going. seeing how open they will be, so if they're learning that at home, you know, if they're learning, oh my god I can be whatever I want, they're yeah. going to go on and they're going to be so open to other people around them then as well, be it in school, yeah. be it wherever, yeah. so even in, in any moment, like we're teaching unconsciously so we are, yeah. Yeah. so what an amazing world it would be if everyone was that.
2: This is it. If we learnt it from such a... Exactly. Yeah, managing, that's, managing. that's where it has to start, doesn't it? That's our job mm. now. Is We can't change it here. We can change yeah. it inside ourselves and then we can model it to the next generation. Exactly. What, yeah. what does it look like for you going ahead? What if you look at your life now? Compared to when you think back, that oh, first question yeah. that I asked you on what was your life going to look like when you were a kid. what What is it for Desi yeah. in the
0: future? For me... So for me, I... Uh, I've complained or I've changed completely, as you mean. So I've gone from me being this man that's completely, I'm not going to hear my feelings, to a person now that's maybe too, maybe too. I cried to home and away there a couple of weeks back. And my wife was like, What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so i got to, tell him to bring that back a little bit. Um, but yeah, so for me going forward, it's about just being as open and honest as I can possibly be. And I went back to college and I would never have seen myself doing this. And I did a a masters in, uh, in life coaching and management coaching and mm. I did it yeah and I did a counseling uh, diploma with clear mind as well so just finished that so yeah so my going forward it's gonna be a matter of yeah maybe just working with people to help them get over their personal struggles challenges anxiety depression whatever it is or if they have goals within the workplace whatever yeah. but just being of support to another human being move forward that's something I definitely mm. see myself doing because I just, I, I just get a huge satisfaction from it for sure. Um, yeah, you so have such a,
2: such a lot to offer yeah. in that area. I mean, such a inspiration to see someone who's been through. Because for you, it's not, it's not even just, just having, just having lost your two brothers hmm. would have been a huge thing. Yeah. But that you also then had the emotional side of that, and then also suffered physical loss yeah, yeah. at the same time it's it's such an un- unique yeah. combination and yeah. it's so powerful to hear I you think... speak like that and to yeah. to see the the potential the determination and yeah, yeah. what you've done and how your minds how you've because you didn't come you weren't a person like me who grew up a very very hippie mm-hmm. comedy type person yeah. you didn't have that no. and it's that's such definitely. an amazing transformation that's happened inside you it's yeah it's Amazing <laughs> <Impressive. Yeah. laughs> to hear you. Yeah.
1: I mean we we a we, uh we talked we sure. talk at cancer food and cancer thing recently in Dublin and one of the women in the room there was a, a lady who had cancer we were talking to and then one of the, a lot of the, the people in the room had, had cancer and were recovering from it. Uh, and one of the said, like, actually I feel like this is a gift. This is kind of like this is sort of the thing that you guys haven't got to get because you haven't you don't know how you're going to die we know and we've got one thing, we know we're going to do it and it gives them, it gives, gives her great resilience, great strength and great direction in life. And it's sort of, it's a strange idea to see anything that's that strongly negative, society as a as gift, but it, it's anything that kind of gives you, I mean, you've awoken as a human being, it a like. Yeah. And it's, been, it's been a huge transition. I, 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 I can't imagine receiving empathy from a person who's in a position of being able to help me with emotions somebody who's had to cope with that much themselves. And you can mm-hmm. kind of, it certainly transitions, like I, I was telling people when they were asking who we were coming down to talk to, I was like, "That's just got Desi and Charlie. lost his two brothers, uh, lost his, uh, of his, of his arms and legs, and he's sort of his own recovery path. And basically it's going to be telling us how, it's not so bad And I get a stain on my shirt, a coffee stain on my shirt, <laughs> do you know? And it just contextualises for the yeah. rest of us what, um, you know, what, what life.
0: You know, throws actually you, doesn't—it's your response to it. Is, is yeah. really what what makes the man, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, someone i if uh, someone recently asked me, you know, what was if there's any good, uh, did any good come all of all from all of that has happened? And that was something that was, you know, resonated with me given what you've said there. In that, I would, looking back in my life, no, I would have hated to continue on the same path, just doing the same thing day in day out without having having any real sense of purpose and that you know i'll go to work i'll play sport i'll um i'll come home and do the same thing the following day to me looking back in it i am glad because now i feel like i have more meaning and more sense of purpose because of the spiritual side of things because i find myself being more open uh in every degree um so yeah definitely find that I've more more of a sense of purpose and I think I'm more aware of what I truly value in life. Yeah. It's made me really focus on what I do value in life. Uh, and is it, everything that's happened has changed, adds uh, in. But yeah, there's I don't know, I kind of I think there's a reason for everything happening in life. Yeah. It can be good or bad, but it can kind of guide us down a direction for me I'm glad it's guiding me it's guiding me down a direction I've gone down for sure. Yeah. Kind yeah, of yeah. feel grateful for it in that in that regard. I'd love to it. love for it. Didn't have to be so severe obviously. <laughs> just a little. Yeah, little just a little. yeah. yeah. Jesus, but, uh, no, no, it is, it's good to laugh at it. It yeah. needs to be laughed at, at times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would much prefer to have reached it with just a slight little flicker rather than a kick in the <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> yeah. Two kicks. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Um My but yeah, just gotta just gotta go with the floor a little bit of law now and trust that trust that it's happened for a reason. Yeah. I think no matter what we do we just use it. And use it, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah so not not know. dwelling it
1: like I'm more powerful I, I can't really express enough how, how, how powerful that is to, to hear it's a big deal very easy Thank you very much. as
0: well
2: to be in, in the locker room mm. here at yeah. Fitch. that's
0: it's special yeah it even really for really me it's easy. especially i haven't been here in, in quite a while really yeah so it, it, it is for sure yeah. it brings back so many memories um it would have started I think one of my proudest moments ever would have been uh, my brothers, me and uh, my three brothers would have sat around, around here. It was probably only a couple of months before I had the accident, but we were all on the same team. Really? I was like, oh, geez, the four of us are here! How we were going? We were going training uh, the same wow. evening. It was like that yeah, was a huge deal. So we were inside in this dressing room. So I haven't been back here that often. So it's wow. uh, yeah, it was nice to be here doing wow. the interview with you guys today as well. Well, it's a privilege to be here with you. Yeah. Really, Thank that's you that's so a much. <laughs> Daddy. Very welcome. So, when people want to find out more about Desi Fitzgerald uh, at yeah. yeah, I'm just changing my website, so it's going to be a life coaching, Mindtel coaching, performance cool. coaching website, yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah. so have a look. And will
2: that? that still be under desifitzgerald.com.
0: It's going to be De- desi okay. uh, yeah. And are you on social
2: media?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, getting into it, I yeah. struggling <laughs> with the social media side of things, yeah. but definitely, yeah, so there's going to be a uh Daisy Fitzgerald's uh, coaching uh Facebook page and going to go on to Twitter and all that. So, yeah. Instagram. Soon. Instagram, Instagram for sure. App. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to have to happen. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll point yeah. people towards yeah. that. To so oh, brilliant. Also, definitely. Yeah. Thanks so much Thank for you shot. very much. You. So lovely to have very a very chat with of you. Cool. Okay, brilliant. Cool. cool. okay. Thank
1: you guys for watching. Thank you. And uh, please right. remember to uh, like and subscribe and post your comments below and anything that you have to, to ask Daisy or. Uh, so to say about this chat and
0: uh, yeah we'll uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Cheers. Yeah. Bye. Bye. So welcome back Finn and Lydia here Hello. from
2: Wandering into Wellness. Um, I thought it would be interesting since we were talking about protein powder and how that supports our muscles and helps us in our exercise and that I would challenge Finn to a wool squat.
1: Okay. Often. Wall squat off. off. So let's hope the wall squat off works because we have we out our news s today. We have. We had a news s. So it's I like, it's New like New in this modern day ready wreck It is fuel for the muscles, and you guys can go to news s. and you can use the code wellness fifteen, which is our coupon code, a very special little coupon code. So you get fifteen percent discount of all news zest products, which we are big fans of. We don't really support. Uh, any other kind of companies in this sort of way we're not supported by any of the companies in this way but we're really really keen on news us and we're just like
2: nerdy big fans really aren't we?
1: we're big nerdy big fans. yeah <laughs> there we go we want
2: to spread the news this word so we are going to do a wool spot off and see who lasts the longest I feel like I'm at a disadvantage because I've already took two classes today and just on a big massive Since exercise this morning workout. that's
1: like I know we, we like, did a
2: workout like seven million hours ago. Anyway, I'm cycled twice today. It's a today. fair contest. It's <laughs> a fair contest. Let's go.
1: So if I fail I'm like doubly failing. This hurts. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to set the so clock backs here.
2: against the wall. Well I mean everyone just see who fails. Oh, Excuse
0: <laughs> me. <my> language. Oh, <laughs> backs against
2: the wall. Slide okay. down. So your bum needs to be parallel to your knees. There
0: okay. We go. There we nice. go.
2: So Finn, yeah. whilst we are in this wool squat, oh I think I would challenge you to finding some interesting things to say about the letters of New Zest. So tell us some facts about New Zest, beginning with N. N is for?
1: N is for, hmm, N is for, not the protein you'd imagined, whey protein is the obvious one, but uh, this one is a European golden pea. U. U is for, ugly, not us, we are all, <laughs> we're based on, the beauty of uh, of vegan protein and ugly is, is animal uh, agriculture that's intensive and rearing and this is not an ugly product, this, this is really a product sustainable. that is like clean inside and out. Uh, Zed. Zed an evil one, eh? Uh, Zed is for mm, all the zeal you can muster out of a day. New Zest has got like a squillion health ambassadors top tennis players, top rugby players, oh Finn's slipping, um, <laughs> uh, he's got, they've got like all the New Zealand rugby team on it, like Mananu and all these sorts of amazing guys, and that is because it makes you perform, it's not because they're paid by it, they literally don't get paid anything by New Zest.
2: No, that's super cool,
1: isn't it? Mm. E. E is for goddamn ethics. Ethics, ethics, ethics oh in a company. So um, when New Zest approached Dr. Robert Verkirk of the Lions for Natural Health, uh, three years ago to produce a, 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 a multivitamin he said no because you'll make me compromise on my ethics, you make me compromise on my standards yeah. and so they said uh, okay well what if you don't make you compromise, he said like okay well give it a shot and so we can give it one shot and they have a product called Good Green Stuff which is what Robert Kirk says is the ultimate in terms of nutritional everyday needs for 99% of uh, all the audience go on S is for sweating. Uh, if you're a fan of sweating, then use this helps your muscles recover big time. So you've got leucine, arginine, valine, isoleucine, all the ones that are really key amino acids for growth hormone. T. T is for teetering on the brink of failure. <laughs>
2: But yet, luckily, we took our new lessons, and so we're just about we're just
1: gonna make it through! Yay! Yay, we did Like we haven't we haven't failed yet.
2: No. How much longer do you reckon you've got? I'm kind of I'm reaching, we're shaking.
1: I'm reaching, shaking as well. I'm yeah. like, where is it hurting most?
2: Uh, quads.
1: Yeah, but where in the quads? The front of them, uh, the middle of them. Yeah, it did it. Oh, it's burning more than shaking though. So bad.
2: <sighs> um, so we probably finished. <laughs> okay. You
1: know, okay. One of us so has to fail.
2: Remember our uh, code, holy oh. moly! Remember our code, wellness 15. Wellness 15. Use our on code
1: at UK. Go.
0: Best of luck. (laughs) I win. Yay. (laughs)